Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit-Down, the penultimate edition of Serie A Sit-Down for the 22-23 season, World Football Index's podcast, for your culture to go. I'm Frank Ravello. he's Richard Carmen. Ciao Richard. Ciao Frank, ciao chat, how are everyone doing? Uh, how are you doing Frank? I'm good man, you going back to the man bun? What is this? Yeah, hair's getting long, so I've got to <laughs> I just have I I realized I was thinking about this the other day like when's the last time I cut my hair and it's like it was a week before my son was born and so it's been 8 months now, so. Okay, back to the uh Kevin Karanyi vibe, I guess, huh? There you go. There you go. <laughs> so. Or Zlatan, or Zlatan. No, no, Kevin Karanyi. <laughs> there you go. I like that better. Don't don't insult Zlatan like that's that. That's true. That is true. That is true. <laughs> so, no, we're doing good, man. It was a good, you know, Memorial Day weekend. Did a lot of family stuff, stuff with friends. Uh, you know, by the time we were all done with it, it was just nice to go back to work. Yeah. Kind of getting to that age. It was, uh, it was, it was one of those things. How about yourself? Yeah, no, I actually had to work on Saturday, and then uh, so I had a two day weekend, uh, Sunday and Monday. But uh, I can't complain. I have a three day weekend coming up, so um, no complaints from me. Good for you. And the, the throat is back to normal. Everything's yep. back to normal. Feeling better. I got my voice again. So thank you. Yep. Thank you, Matt Santangelo, for uh, yes. coming in. He was awesome. Yes, Matt Matt was excellent. We had a very good conversation yeah. about all of the uh, topics that we covered last week, um, uh, you know, in City House Sit Down. So uh, we got a, a good, you know, we're kind of getting away from recapping the games here. We typically do when we get down the stretch at the end of the season. I think we start looking ahead to the next, you know, to the future a little bit. We start so many talking points questions. pop up, you know, at the end of the Yeah, season. there's so many talking points as the season ends, and it's probably our our, our focus shifts to that, especially when you um when everything has been pretty much decided. Uh so we will take a look at the relegation scrum here down the stretch. Uh Lecce, congratulations to them. They'll be back next season. So Bravo. final day. Uh, comes down to Spezia or Verona. Uh, they both are on the road. Spezia on the road? Yes. Yes. Spezia uh, travel to Roma. Uh, Verona travel to Milan. So um, everything to play for. There's going to be a lot of scoreboard watching between those teams. Uh, I believe is everything kicking off Saturday at 9 a.m. East? I believe it is. Okay. I believe so, it is. Uh, all 10 games are going to be at the same time Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern, Eastern, 8 a.m. Central. Um, so we will know pretty early in the day on Saturday. Uh, one game will... one game does not start on time. So Napoli, Sampdoria start early. Everybody okay. else starts at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Oh, and is that for a uh, for more of a champion's coronation or? Um... It's a champion's coronation and Sampdoria send off. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. It's it's a good way to put it, you know. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, let's let Sampdoria get done with, with the season a little bit uh, uh, a little bit sooner than every, than uh, uh, than everybody else, and just let them get on with figuring out. Certainly, be about a couple hours ahead of everybody else. Why not? Right. Um, we will preview the first of three Serie A teams in a Europe, European final as Roma tomorrow. Uh, they take on Sevilla. A uh, huge match there. Um, uh, we'll uh, we'll break down the the team, what we think the teams will look like, uh, and uh, get our 
um, uh, get our predictions in for that. Uh, we will take a look at the Azzurri call-ups for the Nations League semifinals. Some very interesting decisions made. Uh, Sandro Tonali going to go with the Italy under-21s and not with the national team on this this time around. That's interesting. Wow. A couple of other uh, head-scratching decisions uh, by Roberto Mancini as he prepares to as he prepares to try to get his hands on another trophy as Italy manager. Uh, so we will uh, break down that team. Uh, Juventus, it's pretty much done now, except for what UEFA may have to say about it. We'll have our we'll have our take on how that went. Um, we'll answer some questions and uh, Spalletti, Luciano Spalletti, leaving after one se- after after leading Napoli to his first and only Scudetto, uh, has decided he's going to go back to Tuscany and make more wine. So, um, uh, you, you know, he says a one year sabbatical. My guess is it's going to be longer than that. We'll just have to see what happens. But uh, uh, and then we'll finish with the world's most popular hashtag game: Who won Calcio Twitter? We promised that last week. Uh, you know, just trying to be sensitive to Matt's time last week. We didn't. We 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 decided all of the entries last week are going to move into this week for a big uh, uh, Who Won Calcio Twitter contest. Nobody's going to win anything like a like as a prize, except you you just you beat out more people this time around. So it's, <laughs> it's extra special. So yeah. where do we begin, Richard? Gosh, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm. I, I think we should start with the relegation battle because, as you mentioned, Lecce punched their ticket to remain in City A for next season. Mm-hmm. That leaves two teams really to talk about, right? And it's going to be Verona and um, Spezia. Both teams not getting the job done last weekend. One, one more or less convincing the other. And now they have all to play for this last game here. You know, it's while Milan already cl- clinched Champions League, it's not an easy game for Verona to go there and try to beat them. And on, on the flip side. Spezia has to go and you know get a, get a result against Roma. You would think Roma has nothing to play for with the whole Juventus troubles that they're going with, but we'll get to this a little bit later. But Juventus are trying to get back into Europe, and so Roma technically do need to win this game just in case to cover their backside, just in case that goes through. So um, Roma have a stake in this, so this is going to be a difficult game for Spezia as well. I don't know who to call. This is going to be two tough games there. I mean, but uh, congrats to Lecce. Congrats to Lecce fan club in UK. Uh, those guys are awesome. Uh, happy for those guys, but, uh, yes. yeah, down to two. Um, so I don't, uh, so here's the thing. I'm going to predict, um, Roma to, win. we'll, we'll talk about the, but spoiler alert, I'm going to predict Roma to win tomorrow against Sevilla, which the game for them on Saturday is going to be absolutely meaningless. Um, Milan, the game is absolutely meaningless. They've got fourth. They're going back to the Champions League. So it's a matter of which of these teams take advantage, uh, Spezia or Verona. Um, if Spezia have Mbala and Zola fit, you can argue that they're they're going to have a chance. But you're going to probably see Roma play some guys like – they might play a guy like Kumbula, okay, um, you know, in the back. And they might, uh, they might mix it up a little bit. They might have some different guys in there who have not – you know, been mainstays for Jose Mourinho over the course of the season, and where Milan will probably also shuffle the deck a little bit here. You know, Kyra may play. Adley? Uh, Ibr- What's that? Adley? Is it fine? If it's not here, it's never going to happen. <laughs> um, I expect Ibrahimovic to play. Yeah. Fun song, we'll, maybe. We'll see if, if he plays from the start. Um, or if it's a, uh, or if it's one of those deals where he, um, uh, comes on as a substitute and gets a swan song that way. I think he'd start, 
Yeah. Um, if he's healthy, you know, and yeah. you know, I, I've I've seen it done where you start the game and at 30 minutes they sub you off. Yeah, no, um, that's true. You know, that's the, true. The, Chelsea did that with Didier Drogba several years ago. Yeah, um, where he started the match and then in 30 minutes they subbed him off to give him a proper send off while people were still at the game. Yeah. So um, instead of doing something like at 60 minutes or 70 minutes and people are already slowly starting to leave because the, the game means nothing and all, you know, at least it means nothing to Milan and, and all that other stuff. So, um, so you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Roma could be playing. Is Belotti fit? I don't even know. I, you know, guys like yeah. that. So Belotti's yeah. fit. Um, uh, Kyle is saying if they're level on points, they have to play a playoff, and if the playoff is level after ninety minutes, it goes straight to penalties. I didn't think so. I thought Spezia beat Verona. I thought Spezia has head to head over Verona. Um, and I'm going to look that up, but I'm going to give you—you you give me your take on how you see how you see things looking right now. Well, um, I, I think the Verona has a, certainly a difficult task ahead of them with Milan. Um, I mean, it depends how many people we see from Milan get you know turned around. I can I can see easily a, a score a score draw on this one with Milan and, and Hellas Verona. They're going to have yeah. to put all the eggs in the basket to try to get a result in this one. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on the Roma not having a meaningless game for them because with with City A, Lega City A, FIGC, granted this is UEFA this time we're dealing with, but it's so much uncertainty with UEFA, you know, with uh, Juventus. Um and they've they've proposed to not take a fine and or take a fine and not get any uh, more points taken away from them and so they can achieve European success. Their their argument is that you know, if they qualify for a European side, they should be able to play in it. And we'll see if UEFA says yes or not. Sheffern's probably not going to say it, but there's a chance he could say yes. And if he does say yes, UEFA says yes, and Juventus somehow get a result, a win on Saturday on the weekend, and Roma lose, and Juventus leapfrog them, Juventus then would be in the European spot. So I think Roma have to at least, you know, match what Juventus do uh, this weekend. And so it's meaning meaningless in a way, but. They got to get. They have to scoreboard watch and and do at least match what Juventus do, but just in case the off chance, the UEFA says, you know what, hey, I'll take we'll take that money on the side table and we'll go, we'll go ahead and uh, grant you this one uh, this one deal here. But uh, not that I believe it'll happen, but anything could happen when you deal with Italian clubs. You know, things happen sometimes that you don't expect, right? Uh, so that's why I think Roma will have a little bit more to play with, just because they don't want to be in a situation where. They lose, Juve win, Juve leapfrogs, and all of a sudden they're in European, you know, Conference League or whatever, and they're out. Uh, Kyle is right. I just quick looked at an article. They apparently for relegation, if they're tied uh, for 17th and 18th, uh, they do play off. That's beautiful. Um, I love it. Yeah. So Bundesliga esque uh, in a way. Yeah, they they do play off where I think all of the other places are decided by you know the European places and so forth. Are decided by head to head. So, um, yeah, I but you know, to, it, I think it's the whole point of Juventus kind of being the wild card here, as far as far as Roma is concerned. Richard, right. I I think Juventus are going to be completely out of Europe. I think UEFA is going to rule that way. I think they're going to ban them from Europe for a year. Um, and it could all matter for not if Juve or Roma do their job tomorrow. If they do. This is this, you're right. It's meaningless, hundred percent meaningless because they're in the Champions League and it, nothing else matters. Uh, so let's hope. I also think I also think Udinese are going to are going to beat Juventus on Saturday. I think this this Juventus team Done. looks totally uninspired right now. 
um, by everything that has happened. And I think they just want to get the season over with and be done with it and, you know, and all this other stuff. Uh, I think that they're bracing themselves for not having any European football next year. Some of those guys are going to be leaving. Um, it's just a, you know, it's just kind of a dumpster fire situation. Um, you know, uh, so, and Juve may even be, ha- you know, and the one, and I think they would want the European football and we're getting off track here a little bit, but, but on the other end, they, you know, look what not being in Europe has done for other teams, you know, to be able to work. I mean, Atalanta wasn't as successful, you know, as they would have liked this year, but they're going to be back in European football next season. They're going to play in the Europa League. And, but I think, do we remember the year that Chelsea, uh, missed Europe altogether. Antonio Conte took over and they went straight to the top and won the title. So, um, you know, taking away some of those distractions and and regrouping and refocusing, there is some merit to that. So, um, what I'll say is this, you know, let me come back to Verona and Spezia. I picked Verona to survive over Spezia. I, I, I think that they, you know, Matt made some very interesting points last week saying Verona got rid of a lot of decent, a lot of good players and didn't adequately replace them. You know, Spezia, they've got a couple of players that you look at and, you know, they say, okay, it's all right, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of, lot of missing pieces with them too. And it's not an entirely finished product. So, you know, I, you know, I, I'm pulling for Verona to do it because I've been saying all along that they're going to get out of this and they're going to survive. But if you want to look at it from merit, Richard, if there's a team out of the two that deserves to stay up, it's Spezia. And my, and, I, and I've got two main reasons, okay. uh, Milan and Inter. They beat them both at home. Um, you know, I don't know. You know, you got to look and see. We, we're going to have to do some digging to see, you know, if we're just looking at it based on resumes, you know, what does – you know, what does Verona have to boast about? But just looking at it here, Spezia getting that, uh, getting those wins, 2-1 against Inter, 2-0 against Milan. Um, I think if you want to look at it from that perspective, they've probably pulled the results that would suggest that they perhaps deserve yeah, if you want to pick fair. one out of the two. Um, yeah, but I think on as, as far as a team that I think could regroup, get some players and and be a decent fixture for next season and may not have this problem next season. I think Hellas, ha- Hellas Verona have the better chance at that. So how about this question that Dominic asked? He says, which team would you rather get relegated so you can pick up their, from their sale, you know, pick up their bodies. So meaning which team do you think has the most talent that you would want to pick, pickpocket from if they were to get relegated? Spezia have to go down with the guys like Enzolo or Verona go down with, you know, some of the guys that they have. Spezia. Um, I think that, I think that, Spezia might have the, I want to say two or three most talented players between the two teams, Esposito and Zola. Yeah. Giassi hasn't been very Giassi. good this season, He's though. Been okay. Yeah. Um, and then you got to have, uh, you got to have Simone Verdi in that conversation on the Verona side. Yeah. Um, Lazovic, uh, you know, when you're looking at him. So, um, Montipo, uh, quality backup. As a, as a goalkeeper, exactly. So, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't be interested in trying to bring on Miguel Veloso. So old, um, and yeah. I, Pavel Davidovitz just doesn't. I mean, no. doesn't do it for me as a defender. He's, he's, you know, he, for every good moment that he has, he has three reckless ones. So, yeah. Um, yeah so I, I've, I prefer Spezia to go down because you know to get access to the players if if they were they were to move on. Um. 
I think Spezia deserve. If you look at results this season, I think Spezia deserve uh, to be up based on the merit of their results versus Verona's results. But I picked Verona because I think they're just a little bit, as a collective, a little bit more talented. Even though Spezia might probably, if you pull those two teams together, Spezia might have the two best players. Yeah, um, I think I agree with that. Teams. I think I'd agree with that, um, and I would love to have the, the, the two players you mentioned in particular. Uh, but you know, look at looking at Verona's squad; they got some players that you wouldn't mind getting, like Geich. He he has some yeah. potential down the road, right? Uh, and Gonz just showed some some. Um, I like Gonz. Uh, Juricic, obviously, Lazan, 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 the Tomo Henry. Tomo Henry's popped up, you know, the last couple of seasons for you know Venezia now Verona, and it's, he's shown some flair. Obviously, Simone Verde as uh, a guy you want to talk about, but. Um, uh, Tameze is a guy. Maybe he has a little bit of juice still left in the tank. Uh, Rustic, uh, I like Rustic a lot. Uh, Lazovic is a guy you mentioned as well. Uh, and then uh, probably DePauli maybe has a little bit of legs in him. And Faraoni. Uh, and obviously Montipo is the, the, the main one that you want to talk about on this team. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think either way, there's some good players available. Um, and it just it's all a matter of who picks them up and do they go to the right spot. I think at, at least talking goalkeepers, Montipo has advantage and any of the top Agreed. teams has the, is a, is quality backup right here. He could grant it start from probably a lot of the teams, but good backup. A lot of, a lot of top teams are looking for a good backup, right? You never know when an injury will happen, right? Look at Milan, yeah. right? Um, so, you know, you got that going. But, yeah, in Zola, I think we both agree he needs to go to a top team, right? Yep. Bula Dia, same thing with Salernitana, even though he just re-upped with them. Um, so, yeah, there's – I mean, I think either way you're good. Um, it just depends on who has the money. And I think either way, if you're a top team, top seven team – you're probably the, you're probably in a good position versus you know if a mid table team you know so yeah Isaac uh yeah. He, I wouldn't go so far to call him a good defender I think he's decent yeah um some of that might just be victimized by the players that surround him I, I like what Josh Doig was doing for them for a little while you know just yeah. talking about yeah, talking about Hellas Verona now is Jaden Braff there on loan from from Dortmund B or is he or did he move I, there I thought he was but I, I could be very wrong on that. Okay, I would think you would know that as the as a as a as a Bundesliga. I usually turn away the yellow stuff away from me. You know, I just don't. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. I understand. They got Simone Bastoni too in that mix there for for Spezia yep. as well. So, um, yeah, I, that, that, so you know, just as as we've talked it out. Verona pretty much just because I picked them, and I think that they have a little bit more staying power than Spezia. Spezia on their merit, you know, um, deserve to stay up. And then Spezia is the team I would prefer to get relegated if you wanted to get access to players at, for decent fees. So yeah, um, I think they have more attractive players that you would want to buy from than Verona do. So, yeah. so that's that's in the bag. We, you know, let's jump to Juventus because we did talk about them a little bit here earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they um, today uh reached a I guess we could call it a plea bargain um with the courts with the FIGC with whoever they whoever they bargained with um and they basically said all right we're 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 working on this we're cleaning house blah 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 all right we're taking the 10 point deduction fine um we don't want any more points deductions we want to keep our you know we want to keep our place and then they agreed on a, a fine that was pretty much a mere pittance um yeah. for Juventus um, so this is the way I understand it. It's just, it's part of the, you know, that, the, that they reach an agreement that they understand their guilt. They don't want any more points docked. Um, and that, uh, now it's, you know, because 
And I think some of this has to do with the fact that UEFA is going to get involved and make a de- decision at some level. You know, um, what was your reaction to some of this news that went on today? Um, the balls, the balls to make that kind of offer and say, you know, after all the shit that, that went down, say, you know what? We deserve to be in Europe. We'll take a fine instead of a penalty a point deduction uh, and let us play in Europe next season. Like the balls. I mean, you got to you got to give them credit in a way. Right. To say you're going to go off the rails and say something crazy like that. And the hopes that you're going to get it. Maybe your old guy, Chefren, will say yes. Right. Uh, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I've been hearing for months that UEFA is not interested in um, having Juventus in Europe next season. I, I don't remember where I heard this from. I heard it from diff- many different places. Uh, reach out to some of the, some of our friends who are in the know a little bit of this kind of stuff, right? And and none of them have said that they've heard anything you know, verifiable from from UEFA saying saying those comments. So uh, I would think UEFA especially with Juventus being one of the three main teams involved in the Super League fiasco, um, that they would want to teach them a lesson. Uh, and, you know, granted, if it was Manchester City or whatever, they, they seem to turn a blind eye with FFP, right? But I feel like they, they would make a statement in this one by not allowing Juventus to play in Europe for, what, one, two, one or two years. Um, and to take a deal like this would whatever small reputation that they have left would be gone because, you know, the whole Super League stuff and everything else that UEFA has done over the years, not only them, but, you know, all, all the other top, you know, leagues around the around Europe and um, and the world, it would just be a black eye for UEFA. And I think they almost have to say no to Juventus. Um, granted, kudos to Juventus for making that offer, but the ball's on them to, to say that after all the shit that they did, that they have, you know, proven, and they basically said, yes, we did it. Just give us, don't give us the you know the worst penalty possible. We'll take a fine, and what we still deserve to play in Europe. Like, get the hell out of here. Like, uh, I think you know, based based on basically accepting or concurring that they did something wrong, they should be out. Yeah. And I and we have there's a lot we have a lot of Juventini friends that I'm, we they're very good people. They're awesome. They're great. But I think in this situation, Juventus basically admitted what they've done to an extent. Uh, what what exactly was I don't know, but they they accepted they admitted it. And so they should be out at least. And I'm not saying two years, but at least one year, if nothing else, um, to teach them a lesson. And, and UEFA needs to show us that they're serious by allowing Juventus to jump to go in. It, it also puts the credibility out the window and maybe brings another light for the Super League to come back in because people are going to be like, really, UEFA? You're, you're going to allow this? Really? What are your thoughts? Well, my first thought is Juventus have really good lawyers. And their oh, lawyers sure. are better than all the, pros- the pro- whoever the prosecutors are. Um, so, <clears throat> we we talked, Matt and I talked last week, that I think we're at a point with the state of Serie A and the state of Italian football that you don't need the Juventus brand to be strong, strong for the Serie A brand to be strong. Um Seven years ago, I would have said, yeah, you're going to need the Juventus brand to be strong in order for Serie A to be strong. That's the only chance right now because right. everybody else is scrambling trying to figure out their shit. So you've got Johnny Cochran, George. Nicely done. <laughs> By the way, George, congrats. Playoff win for Cagliari over Parma today, 3-2. Yeah, oh, I believe is it is it and and George, I, I always forget this every year with the play. Is it, the, the semifinals? I think is just a one off, right? It's not a. It's not. A, is it a two leg? Okay. At least two legs. So they do go back to Parma for leg two. I believe so, George, okay. and anybody else in chat can correct us, but I believe that's what it is. Yes. So, 
Um, but uh, they take an advantage to Parma for the second leg. So, um, so that's good. Um, the uh, punished on the small charges got away with the bigger crime. Yeah. Okay. I, again, Juve have really good lawyers, uh, which helped them, which helped them pull this off and get away with it. So um, I would, um, there's a lot of teams that would have done this and would have gotten sent down to Seti C. And I think that's the problem that I have with it. You know, I think that it's just, it's, it's special favors being carried to the power, to the power teams, to one of the seven sisters who there are still certain people in FIGC and in Syria that if you remove one of these big brands, it hurts the, it hurts the brand of the rest of the league more than it does to um, keep them around uh, and let FIGC be the bad cop here and let Serie be the bad, you know, whoever's, whoever the prosecuting side is, let them be the ones let's, let's look bad to make sure that our, you know, the, the quality of our league stays strong. Um, <clears throat> that's the message that I think the prosecuting side and the FIGC have sent here. So, yeah. um, uh, so that's, that's what I would say to all of this. Um, you know, <clears throat> we've seen it in the past, though. Milan self-bowed out of Europe a couple seasons ago. Uh, when they did their irregularities, they pled guilty. They owned up to it and and said, hey, we'll, we'll self-impose a, a year out of Europe. Okay, someone can come in and take our place. So we've seen that, you know, we've seen it done before. Um, you know, in this case, I just can't, you know, I, I you know, it's done. Are we all really, do we all, you know, are we all really going to, is it, is it really going to, is the world going to really be that different for us if, if this is what, what happens to Juve in the end? No. Um, so let's all move on is my say, is my take. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not defending anything that Juventus did and I'm, I'm not defending their strategy. Um, although they, they, they have a right to, they have a right to the strategy that they took in your words, they had balls. So, uh, and their lawyers were very, very effective at uh, convincing the appropriate people to uh, say, all right, 10 points, but to 10 points, we're not going to seek any more points penalties, but you do have to pay a fine. So um, yeah. it's, 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 it's what it is. It's the, uh, maybe the psychology of paying the fine and, and we'll see what Juve do going forward in terms of cleaning house. Now let me ask you, you know, let me ask you to the sporting side of things. I think Jose Mourinho has argued in the past that, he argued recently, he said, you know, what Juve did on the pitch shouldn't be punished. Um, what do you say to that? I mean, somebody coming from another, somebody coming from another team uh, that's making a comment like that. Yeah, I mean, earlier in the season, Alessandro, Alessandro Del Piero uh, said it on CBS Sports Golasso, the same thing where, you know, it's it's unfair to deduct a point from a team and then give it back to them and go up and down, up and down. And Mourinho echoed those sentiments recently. And, you know, while I believe Juve should be docked points, I agree with both of those gentlemen that, you you know, not only does it impact Juventus when you dock them and give them points and take it back and back and forth, it affects every other team around them in the league. Because um, you have, you know, five, six, seven teams trying to get up to possibly Champions League and one minute they think they're there, next minute they're not, and then it goes up and down. It messes with the psychology of the whole league, makes the whole league look like a clown show because yeah. people can't get their shit together. 
and so it's ridiculous. I, you know, I think what they should do is just wait till the end of the season, then dock them points, you know, like has happened in the past. Um, and maybe, maybe just maybe, and Kyle can confirm this or not, but maybe that's what's going to happen with Napoli. Who knows? I mean, there, there's rumors that they're not, they're in this a little bit with the whole Osiman purchase and 80 million and, you know, and the shaving of the, uh, the prices and the transfer market stuff. Um, that's just the rumors I'm hearing, but you know, you should be doing these point deductions at the end of the season, not during the season, because it messes with too many teams, too many people who are paying money for tickets, you know, that don't know if their team's in the Champions League or not. It's it's very confusing, and it looks like a shit show. Yep, yep. <clears throat> so now it's uh, Apex a, a right. transfer ban would have been a better punishment instead of a point deduction. That's fair. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think that – but and I think the transfer ban probably correlates with the actual activity. So fair enough. Yeah. Um, Barcelona, right. A few years right, ago. Right. So it's, it's a, um, and maybe that's, that's, that's what this was all about, that that was possibly on the table and to take that off the table, they, you know, they said, all right, we're going to own up to all this. We're, we're going to own this. We're going to own the 10 point deduction and that sort of thing. And that's where they, they got in those conversations. So who knows what happened behind closed doors with yeah, all of them. I don't, <clears throat> um, you know, um, but I mean, if Udinese beat Juventus on Saturday and Milan beat Verona, well, Milan have beaten by, you know, grabbed fourth by ahead of Juventus by more than 10, more than the 10 points they got docked. Yep. You know, we can all talk about the psychology of Juventus after that punishment, but that this was a team that was also sputtering down, sputtering to the finishes in the first place. No. So, um, so we'll see. Uh, but it's now um, your move, UEFA, is basically what it is as it pertains to Juventus, and we'll see what they do. I mean, it's pretty similar to when college athletics before NIL, where the NCAA got involved, improper payments to players, and then the, the program was put on probation or it was yep. banned from postseason player. It was docked a handful of scholarships and things like that. It's kind yep. of some you know, similar punishments, basically. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so another that's, equally evil empire over there. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, is there even a reason to have the NCAA anymore now that NIL exists? It's just not. <laughs> it's just crazy. The conferences don't matter. Yeah, yeah, it's exa- exactly so. Anyway, so that's uh, that's the take on Juventus. It's, let's go back. Let's go back to the top of the table in Napoli, where uh, Spalletti's got his Spalletti's taking his scudetto and he's going home. Yeah. How about that, right? It's yeah. uh it's shocking. Um you know, what well, for one, you, you take it for face value that you know, hey, he's had a hard, hard career. He just pulled off his greatest season ever with a team that's, you know, maybe a once in a lifetime team for him. Maybe he doesn't think he can duplicate it again, but it just wore him so out that he just I, he needs a time away. Maybe that maybe that is the case. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like I said, part of that rumor that I talked about that maybe something's coming from Napoli on the, on the offseason that he doesn't want to be part of in terms of like losing players or whatever. And he's like, you know, I'm just going to get out before, you know, shitstorm happens. So I don't tarnish my, my, my legacy here. Um, yep. Or it's just like uh, part of me thinks it's I mean, I don't know what it is, what's going on, but I think he doesn't feel quite as confident to repeat. Thus, he's stepping back. If he had the, the fullest confidence of like a Mourinho type, right? Where he's like, I'm going to come back. I'm going to win it again. Uh, he'd stick around. But like, 
it's bizarre to me to see any kind of manager, and it's not unprecedented. We've seen it time and time again in different sports, even mm-hmm. even even Calcio, that a manager just steps away and says, you know, I'm gonna take a I'm I'm gonna take a take a couple time, a little bit of time off. Uh, but it's so bizarre to me because I can't, I don't think like that at all. I would say if right. I won the title, I'm coming back to win the league and the Champions League and whatever else I can get right. Uh, and so you know if if you if he's legit and he just is overworked, overdone, and he needs a little break, kudos to him. But I don't I don't necessarily believe it right now for right now. And you know could be wrong, could be wrong. But I love you? a good I love a good conspiracy, so I'll stir the pot a little bit. I think there's some players that are going to get sold here that Spalletti doesn't want to see sold, so he's walking away. If, if yeah, if he, especially now that he walks away, you, you can almost guarantee two, if not three, superstars are going to go. Maybe if the right money comes. Osimhen, is he gone? If the money comes, I think ADL says, "Yeah, why not?" If, if Havarashiele gets a hundred fifty million dollar offer, why not? If Kim and Jai gets a hundred million dollar offer, why not? Sure, ADL. Uh, we'll see. This is going to be it's, it's the ball is in ADL's court, as uh, Dominic says. Will he blow up the team? I don't know. Uh, but a lot is on a lot on ADL's legacy arrives here, right? Granted, you know you're good for another 33 years with the fans, but I mean you could build something special. This is a special team right now. If you throw it to shit, it's gonna be one of the biggest like travesties, you know, in modern era for football. So, um, Kim to Manchester United is almost done. Who are you hearing that through? I know that there was conversations. I didn't know it was that advanced. Yo, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, something yeah. like the daily. If it's something like the Daily Mail, Apex, we got it. We got or it the from a different or source the or the Sun. Um, and I've also heard the same thing with um, Osimhen to Manchester United too. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got more money than they do in City A. So the release clause is peanuts to Premier League teams. Okay, so yep. you know that makes that makes some sense. I thought, but Quadratelli re-upped, didn't he, during the season? Yes. So yes. that. Clause has to be a lot higher than it was. Um, you hope, you know, so not as so high we'll as Rafael Leal, but yeah, I there might have been some conversations between De Laurentiis and Spalletti, and Spalletti's like, Well, I'm I'm leaving then, so yeah, it could be that. So, but yeah, I mean, to Dominic's point, nobody looks as tired about winning as Spalletti, so yeah, um, yeah, maybe Conte, maybe was... Conte, maybe Conte, <laughs> yeah, um. Yeah, maybe Conte. Uh, Conte, I've heard Luis, Luis Enrique. It sounds like you know De Laurentiis has dismissed the Luis Enrique talk. Says it's going to be a Premier. He's going to the Premier League. I heard there's um, an Argentine manager, and his name escapes me, who's doing really well right now. I think with River, but I don't remember who. But they're saying that he may be the guy that comes in. Um, with I forgot his name. I, I apologize. I'll look it up later. But uh, yeah, that's what I heard. You know, there's some other names coming up. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. It's a big, big off season for Napoli. Uh, you hope they don't mess this up too much. Uh, and you hope that Spalletti is leaving because he needs a sabbatical and not versus he knows something's coming and he just wants to get out of the way. Italiano going to Napoli. That'd be interesting. That would be very interesting. The Porto manager, yeah, I saw that. Conceição. Yeah. I think they would I think he would make Napoli a little more rigid than they were this year. Yeah. Even though but Napoli still was a very impressive had a very impressive defensive record this season. So yeah. um so that'll be interesting. Um, it's how in the European landscape, the Napoli seat, where is it? Where, where is it on that, uh, on that map? I mean, if you told it, me there was guarantees that you would keep Havrashelia, Osiman and, and Kim. Well, of course, the, the nucleus, <laughs> I would say it is a top three job in Europe. 
I I'm brushing up my I'm brushing up my resume if I'm guaranteed that Kim and Quadrilli right? and Elsie Man because I would just all right, yeah, just play. Go ahead, but get if, out there. If you if you're missing two of those stars of the three mm-hmm. at least, and and maybe a good chunk of the maybe like one or two of the core, like midfielders, whatever, then it's it's you know I would say it's just it's no bigger than a Milan, an Inter, or a Juventus job um, in terms of Italy. Uh, and then European on the European front, it's it's probably second tier. If you with no guarantees, with guarantees, it's a top three job easily because you have fantastic team with that can dominate Europe, uh, and not only not only the league but also Europe. Uh, but no guarantees, right? right. Um, it's it's I don't think it's as juicy of a job in my opinion. Not that I wouldn't think. I'm just thinking how everyone on the outside would look at it. They're like, eh, you know. They're, they're gonna miss just no, they're, they're missing Havrashelia and Osiman or whatever two guys. You're probably like, eh, you know. And if ADL is not willing to spend as, as you know as, as the man, new manager will want, you know, I don't know. I would put it behind in, in Italy. I would put it behind Juve the me in the Milan clubs, but I would put it just ahead of the Roma clubs. I think that yeah. the Roma the Roman clubs. Right. I think that that's where Napoli have asserted themselves, and I think that's a huge credit uh, to De Laurentiis's leadership. Uh, you know, over oh, the yeah. past two plus decades, um, you know, so based on that, on the European landscape, you know, a, a certain coach that might want to get his career back on track, it might attract him. Um, if you want to so go down throw... in folklore, if you want to go down in folklore, you go to Napoli and, and win again. Exactly. Uh, to be, a, will co- be a historic for them. To be ever. a cult hero. They'll never forget yeah. you and they might even build a statue for you. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so based on my theory of, Hey, a, a guy that might need to regroup and, and resurrect his career a little bit, you're the, you're the Bundesliga guy. So let me throw this name at you. Okay. Julian Nagelsmann. Oh, you think he'd want to come to Italy? And do you think that that would be a fit? That is interesting fit. Uh, he is, it, it could work. It could work. He doesn't have the pressure like he did at Bayern. He would it'd mm-hmm. be more relaxed. Like it would be at, at RB Leipzig. Um, yeah, that's an interesting take. He obviously has to learn the language, but I think yep. tactical, tactic wise, he's good. Uh, yep. He has always played had offensive type teams that he's preached um, defensively. They've been decent. Um, he's done wonders with you know those resources that he has, whether it's a lot or a little. He's found ways. He's you know he's scouted well. I'm sure he would bring try to bring some scouts along too. Not that Napoli don't have good scouts. Um, obviously, with Havrashel, he must have a fantastic scout, right? But. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kim and Jai, but um, yeah, I think Nagelsmann would be an interesting, an interesting take. Obviously, there's a language barrier, but uh, yeah. football is a universal language, and uh, that is, a, I like that show. It's a, it's an interesting one for sure. I just, I, I like to try to find, reach a little deeper for the ones that I still think might fit. You know, I'm a Bielsa. <laughs> no, I, I it's, <laughs> Bielsa's. You know, I think I think Bielsa is just might, might might be a little too extreme for Napoli. I think the ego yeah, might be too big yeah. for Napoli. Yeah. Um, if Sadi so, moves on from Lazio, he can go there. <laughs> true. True. Uh, Bielsa might actually. I think that'd be a great destination. That'd be a great yeah. spot for Bielsa to land at Lazio. But yeah. Roger Schmidt from 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 Benfica is that that's intriguing. But I don't think it happens. I think yeah. he stays at Benfica. Benfica seemed to be backing him. I mean, they bring players in that. I mean, that did you think that I didn't think David Neres was going to go from Ajax to Benfica? No, um, you know, as an example. So it looks like, you know, and and, and they always bring up they always got young players. Um, well, how about this? You know, You're th- we're throwing these managers from different leagues. How about Van Bommel? 
he's done some really great things with you know PSV and the and the Eredivisie uh, on two different fronts, uh, two different years, two different eras, I should say. Yeah. You think he would fit with Napoli? No. Um, again, I, I I don't see the fit. Yeah. Um, I know that Von Bommel's got a little bit of Serie A experience. He played, you know, played with Milan. Yeah. But I don't know if I necessarily see the fit there. Um, you know, I, I thought you were going to say Van Nistelrooy. He's he's he was at, he's he's at PSV now. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Slot is going to Tottenham. I think that I think that's a done deal by now. But um, he also just got hired by Uruguay National. I think that's an excellent fit. By the yeah. way, yeah. Um, I think Bielsa is ex- that's an excellent fit for Uruguay. Um, so, uh, but you know, yeah, I, I, De Laurentiis has thought outside the box in the past. Yes, with this position, Van Nistelrooy is unemployed now. Okay, so I know that he was at PSV. I didn't know it was it. Slot backed out of Spurs. Slot's going to stay at Feyenoord. As far as Serie A, Italiano's the ideal fit. If he wanted to leave the Fiorentina post and take the Napoli job, out of the t- out of the managers that are in Serie A, it would just be the progression four three three four three three. You know, how about Dionisi? Um, um, you couldn't get Italiano, of course. I think Italiano would be the, one of the top names you want from Serie A. I got to see one more year out of Dionisi. Fair pers- enough. T- personally, um, enough. you know, it's the same thing that we said about Palladino at Monza. Is like I just I hope Palladino stays at Monza at least for another year to continue to prove himself. Yeah. You know, because right now the tenure is still enough to be considered just a flash in the pan. And Giladino, so. I like to see what he does with Genoa in City A versus yeah. you know City B. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, interesting. Sure. So, in Serie A, the natural progression, it would be a natural progression for Vincenzo Italiano. Um, But who knows if he's even interested. The outside the box, not really that crazy when you really break it down and think about it for me. And I'll, I'll, you know, that's why I asked it is Julian Nagelsmann. Yeah. Yeah. So, it would be, yeah, he'd have to learn Italian. But uh, Tuchel will be interesting. You would think is Tuchel going to stay at Bayern now, or what, we'll see. what's going we'll on? We'll see. We'll see what's going to happen with them. I don't know. I mean, I, it makes sense for him to stay there, but there's so much chaos going now with Khan and Salihamidzic. You know, getting yeah. fired and all this. Who knows what's going on over there? And I leave that Serbia out of these conversations because I think he's staying at Brighton. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, if you got if you're in the Premier League and you got a team doing really well, being top ten, you you give it, you keep going, you keep going to you know to that the well runs dry, right? So, yep. Yep, I agree. All right, so let's move on to the let's ask it. Let's let's do ask and answered. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, let's do ask and answer, ask asked and answered. Asked and answered. I just made up a new segment here on City. Apparently, you, you texted <laughs> me a bunch of questions. Yes. All right. So where was I? All right. So uh, let's start with well, we already talked about you know. Agnelli and Elkman, El- Elkan for, you know, with the Juventus nonsense that's going on there. Another question we got uh, related to Milan, and this comes from uh, Forza Domi. Uh, it says, question for tonight's pod, is 15 million euros for Ruben Loftus-Cheek a good choice given that the other center midfielder options available in the market, like SMS, Tulemans, etc.? cetera? Um, 15 millions for Ruben Loftus-Cheeks, what do you say? I, th- I, I think it's fair. I don't think Milan would be getting ripped off, but I don't think that they'd be smoking a cigarette over the deal either. 
Um, apparently, Chelsea wanted at least 20 million euros for him. Milan apparently today offered 10 million. Yeah, it's a, this is a dance that Maldini does with everybody. It'll likely be 15 million if you know if they want if they want to pursue him. I wouldn't go higher than 15. I agree. Um, and and I think that Loftus Cheek, it's a chance for him to rehabilitate his career, and he he gets to come into an environment where there's Milan desperately needs some depth in the midfield. Um, you've got Krunic, Benacer, Tonali. They can't play every game. You add him, you add Loftus Cheek to the mix who, who can play a multiple multitude of positions. And I think that that, that gives Milan a little bit of depth. He's he physical. can also play kind of in some, yeah, physical. He can also play in some wide areas. I've seen him do that for Chelsea. Yes. Um, Against Milan, he did it. Yep. I'm not going, I'm not going higher than 15 here. No, no way. I agree. And and I, I agree 100% with that. If you want to get him 10, get him 10. But 15, I wouldn't go higher than 15. Do I think he's better than like a, a Tulemans or SMS? No, but those guys are going to go upward to 30 million euros at minimum. And if you, you believe the rumors that Milan will get from Redbird, and I don't know how much I believe any of this, but you know between anywhere 50 million, 50 million euros to 75 million euros, why would you waste a good chunk of your money on a midfielder when that's not one of your main needs? One of your main needs is the right wing, um, some of these other positions. A backup goalkeeper, right? Um, but a center midfield, I think your midfield is good. And going for uh, a Loftus Sheik who could play the wing, he's got to be an upgrade from Messias and, and Salamakers, certainly yeah. from a physicality standpoint. Uh, yeah. And then you keep that midfield intact. Yeah. Why not? Why not? It's, it yeah. makes sense. It's depth move of nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, multi- anytime you can find a midfielder playing multi- that can play multiple positions, Tielemans is a free agent. Man, I am not as high on Tielemans as everybody else is. How much is he going to want per year? That's going to be the question. I don't think he's going to one. Be the like wages, a- I don't, the wages are out of whack. Yeah. Um, one, the way the wages are out of whack. Two, he's coming from a team that's that's been relegated that and plays in a role where def- I, I just to me he's a turnstile defensively. I think he's really easy to go through. I mean, he's good on set pieces and good on a on a dead ball. He's a good passer from the midfield, but man, defensively such a liability. And when you saw how Milan got roasted in games when they didn't have Mignon in goal and, you know, they continued to go with four in the back and the double pivot and Tielemans, you can't really play him as a 10. So he's going to be part of that double pivot. And I'm not paying Tielemans the kind of money to try to force him into the role that Milan need at that position. Um, I, we, we've got a guy like that already. His name's Tonali. And Tonali's actually a good defender when it's convenient for him. Um, he does lose runners in counterattacking situations. Mm-hmm. See the first leg against Inter. Um, but we got a guy like that already. You know, I don't think that that, that Milan need to add Tielemans to that prop to that situation. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And we'll see. I mean, I think midfield Milan is okay. They yes, it could use better depth. But in terms of starters, they're good. Um, and who's we don't know yet what's going to happen with Adley and CDK next year. Do they blossom? Do they disappear? Do they get sold? We don't know. If they stay and they blossom like a Tonali or Benacer did, it's even better for Milan and they don't even need any more you know, help there. Um, but, you know, it's a long, a long way away. It's hard to see. But I think Ruben Loftus-Cheek for 15 million euros is is a deal. And it's apparently not the only player Milan are looking to get. And this one will be a free, right? Daichi Kamada yeah. from uh, Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on him before I get into him? 
I, I'm looking forward to Daichi Kamada coming to Milan. I think it's a great low risk move. You don't have to pay, you don't have to pay a, uh, a transfer fee for him. His salary isn't going to be terribly expensive where it's going to keep you from going out and getting more players. Um, so the risk is low on a guy that when he, the, he and Kostic were on the team together, Kamada was trusted with a share of set pieces. Um, you know, so they, he's, he's good on the dead ball. He's good at driving through the mid driving from the midfield. He's good at picking out the pass and he can score goals from the midfield position. I think there's some versatility to Daichi Kamara and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Milan can do with him. He, he can probably play him in the 10 and if they redeem Brahim Diaz, they can put him over to the right, which worked out pretty well when they started using him there. He's, is he as dynamic? Is he the dynamic right-sided winger midfielder that Milan fans want? No, but Brian can be serviceable in that role. And now you got Brian playing middle, playing to the right. Um, but come back to Kamada, I I like this. I think that there's his low risk for a guy that I think can come in and contribute to this Milan team. Yeah, and obviously the first uh, comparisons will be to Kaisuke Honda, right? Um, similar, free uh, Japanese player with a lot of offensive upside, um, and Honda didn't and I work think out well. That's where, and we talked about this last week with Matt. This is where the Milan fans might get a little gun shy about Kamada. Sure, but I sure. think Kamada is a far more dynamic player than Honda. And that was the banter era for Milan yep. versus now. Milan's a much more stable team. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I don't think those comparisons are fair. Uh, you know, just because they're both Japanese internationals, I was like. That's that's not enough for me to compare the two. Now I will I will give you a comparison for for Daichi Kamada, which may or probably not uh, be you know nice to hear from Milan fans. But I I would say he is most similar to me. This is just to me, my opinion, um, to Rade Krunic, but an improved version of Rade Krunic. Rade Krunic, say what you will, he's a utility man. He does so, he does many things well. He's physical defensively. He has decent vision. But I think Daichi Kamada is all that, but better. Has much better vision. He can actually score goals. Um, needs he needs to be more consistent for sure. Uh, there's a, there's some areas where he needs to improve upon. But from a raw perspective, from price perspective, um, if Milan plays their cards well, he could be he could be a, he could be a ten. He could be a filler for a Benacer or Tonali when they're, when they're not starting. Um, he could play a, a plethora of roles in that midfield there. Um, not too dissimilar from Rade Krunic. Yeah. Um, and so I think you know that's more a fair assessment to say versus a, a Kaisuke Honda. And I, I, I mean, Kamada's got what, nine goals, six assists, I think, this year in the Bundesliga. So he can, he has great vision. He absolutely has great vision. Um, and so you know, we should be looking forward to this, you know, next season when they play him. But they got to, they got to put him in the right position. Just because you got a player that, that does great things. If you put them in the wrong in the wrong position, they're not they're not going to succeed, right? So um, hopefully we learn from our mistakes from last year and and do a better job. And I mean, hey, like I said, if, if Adley somehow stays next year and he improves and he, and he gets pitch time, having those two guys as a as a backup to you know to let the other guys rest, that's going to be a fortune for Milan in the long run. Um, but I like I love the signing. Obviously, it's free, so I'm going to love that. But uh, I'm a big fan of Daichi Kamada. I think he does a lot of things well. He's still very raw, very young um, in terms of, of experience and, and different facets of the game. He needs to be more consistent for sure. But when he's on, he's on. Uh, and he can dance around guys like no other. He's got really excellent footwork. 
I like everything you said. My only my only thing that I add to this is I think that Kamada has more technical quality than Krunich does. Hundred percent. So and Krunich um, is not bad. Krunich is not bad, but Kamada is superior no, to him. No. Um, the Japanese Fabio Brito, absolutely <laughs> not. Far, far from it. Far, far from it. So, um, uh, Pulisic to Juventus, if it goes through, what are your thoughts? Um, my thoughts is that's one of the worst places Pulisic can possibly go to. I mean, attacking players to Juventus, the way this, unless you get a new manager in there that's going to play more attacking football, this, this, this stinks for any attacking player to go to. Even Di Maria was pedestrian by his standards this season. I mean, he had I mean, he had the hat trick against Nantes in the Europa League. He had some other moments where he stepped up and he shone. But I mean, they're going to cash in on Dusan Vlaovic, which I, you know, when Juve bought Vlaovic, I said this isn't going to be as good as Juve fans think it was. I didn't say it was going to be a failure, but it's, this definitely isn't going to be as good as everybody believes it's going to be, and it hasn't been. Um if you just if you look at the entire body of work for what was spent to get Dusan Vlaovic to Juventus, you should have been you, you have a right to expect more. Yeah. Um so uh but no, I I, I hope that's just a, a rumor that goes away really quick. I, I think that Pulisic gets wasted at Juventus, especially with the way they're currently set up. Hundred percent. I mean, anybody who goes to an Allegri team has to know they're not gonna have the chances that they had before. Maybe yeah, a couple of players will flourish in that system, but I don't. I don't like. I, I like Pulisic obviously as an American, um, but I, I I don't think he would do well at all under a Allegri system. Um, it just it's not set up that way. Like it's not conducive. Like you said, it's it's a defensive style that hits on the counterattack, and yeah, maybe he could flourish in that aspect of it. But there's no way. I I don't. I just think that's a failure from the beginning, even more so than Vlahovic was when he when he got signed there, as we talked about. Um, I think he's better off if he were to go to Serie A, right? Um, I mean, Napoli, right? <laughs> Obviously, Napoli, Lazio, maybe um, a few other teams, but I, I don't think Juventus would be a good fit at all. Would it be a big name for them to have in in a way? Sure, but again, we had this with Di Maria, and he he struggled. He he wasn't his normal self. It was below his his par, right? Uh, and several other players. So, yeah, I don't know. A new manager would do wonders, and I would say, you know, yeah, depending on who that manager was. Vincenzo, Vincenzo Telliano, we just talked about him earlier. Yeah, I would say Pulisic should be great for him. But yeah. but with Allegri, uh, I don't think so. I don't. Yep. Davide Fertese is going to be a very interesting name. As I, why don't we keep this conversation going about transfer rumors? There's yeah. I, I there's no way he stays at Sassuolo. No. Um, Juventus is in, in the mix for him. Inter, I've heard Milan... Brighton is a name to watch out for in all of this. The Serbi. Um, with the Serbi, exactly. So um, so oh. that's uh, that's another thing that we have to probably um, uh, keep an eye on. So um, so thoughts on Fratesi. Where's the next where's the next best destination for him if he's to leave Sassuolo? Hopefully he paid attention to Manuel Locatelli and doesn't go to Juve. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Fratesi is he's a fantastic player. He needs to go to a midfield where he can kind of operate um, and fit into a system. And Juventus is not that at the at present. At present, <sighs> Fratesi, man, I think he would do well. I think he could do well under Lazio and Sarri. I do. Mm. 
Um, I, I really like the midfield setup that they have. And I think, you know, who knows what happens with the rest of their players, but there might be a, a void there, uh, you know, if, if SMS were to leave or, you know, who, who knows who else might go. Um, so there could be a fit. Um, maybe Roma, but they're a little, they're a little heavy in the midfield at the moment. Um, Fiorentina would be a nice progression, slow progression. It's not a big progression for him, but a Fiorentina would be a nice fit there, I think. Um, dare I say Inter? Inter's got a lot of, of that talent there, but Brozovic, how many more years does he have left, right? Barella is fantastic in his prime, but, you know, Chalanolo, is he going to continue to have, be successful? Um, Aslani, are they going to keep with him? Or are they going to move him on? He didn't have that great of a season, so maybe there he flourishes. I don't think he fits at a team like Milan. Um, Napoli could work, but um, you know, it depends on so many things with, with what's going on in Napoli right now. So, yeah, I mean, I'd probably say half the seven sisters he could probably fit in well, um, but the, certainly not Juventus. Um, Roma, to me, is a nice place for Fratesi if they ever work, but it sounds like Roma's putting their attention. I thought they were putting their attention on Awar from uh, Lyon. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Who's pretty similar. Um, so this was a few months, this was a few weeks ago. Uh, so, and I, I think that Rome is in the conversation for Tielemans too. So we'll, uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens. Um, another name that I think we have to watch out for that I think is in play for city odd teams is Marcus Turam. Um, Inter want the, Interisi want him. Inter want him. There was talk to Milan, Juventus. His dad played there. Every top team um, should want him. Yep. So, uh, Dino saying Milan should do everything in their power to get Sergei Milinkovic Savage. Now is the time. Best attacking midfielder in Serie A. Just what Milan need. I will Milan pay for him? Is the big question. With so, the funds well, that they have, it would be like half their budget. Right. If they have is what you know the, you. you like, uh, if you listen to what uh, people are saying out there. So do you want to do that with all the other needs that they have? I think, like I said before, Milan have bigger needs than the, than the, tech, than the midfield at the moment. Um, that right wing position is as atrocious, and it has been. Uh, and the depth is bad. So, I mean, you, I think you can do more with less. Um, even though SMS is fantastic player, is one of the best in the, in the, in the league. It's going to be expensive. It's going to yep. be expensive. Yep. So we'll see. Um Lazio replacing Sergei Milinkovic Savic for, and I'm, I'm, I think he's asking that about uh, for Fratesi. Feel is asking that about yeah, uh, Fratesi. No, That's I, I, like, I don't hate that. Yeah, I like Fratesi with Lazio. I do, I do. You kind of get, you know, if Luis Alberto's still there, and, and Cataldi's kind of sitting in that, you know, I mean, Saudi had Jorginho, Allen, and Hamsik in the midfield. Okay, so Luis Alberto's Hamsik. Um, Cataldi isn't necessarily Jorginho. I mean, his characteristics are a little bit different. And then, no. you know, Milinkovic Savage is definitely an Alan. So that kind of flip flops. And Fratesi is not, you know, Fratesi might be a little more technical than Alan. Alan was a, a ball winner. So, um, so we'll have to see. Dino's saying that it's worth 30 to 35. That's what's speculated. If they get 30 to 35 million, I, I would write that check right now. It'll bounce if I wrote it. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> but again, like I don't, I think I think SMS for thirty to thirty-five million is a is a fantastic deal. And you go for it, but if your budget is only fifty million euros and you have so many needs, that's what I'm saying. Is like, do you want to spend half your budget on this player? I'm not saying he's terrible; he's a great player. When you have some other needs, and can you, we when Milan go the cheap route or any team goes the cheap route, you get a Messias and Salamakers, you know, and people complain about mm -hmm. them. So like, 
you can't have you can't have you know SMS and then get expect to get a world class right winger too or whatever else your needs are. Yeah. Berardi to uh, to Lazio. Interesting. Interesting. I don't think Berardi's leading leaving Sassuolo. No, not with their setup. Unless Felipe Anderson and Zakani left and you had some room to plug in Berardi. I think what yeah. they got in the front three right now is really nice going. Immobile is going to stay there for sure. Um, I'm trying to think where else Berardi would fit. Milan, all right. I mean, yeah. I mean, if it's if it's under thirty million, yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. Give it a whirl. Give it a whirl. Um, if he's free or <laughs> ten million, or I would take that even more, right? Yep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Inter, I don't think would work Inter with their setup uh, currently. Assuming we think Inzaghi would say, but you know, Interisi will tell you he's gone, even if they win the Champions League. Um, some will, not all of them, but um, yeah. I don't, I, mean, hate, I don't hate Napoli for him either. I mean, yeah, you got Lozano and you got. Uh, uh, Politano there, but oh, imagine, uh, imagine they keep all their pieces and they have Havarashelli on the left, Berardi on the right with Osim in the front. Oh my gosh, oh my yeah. gosh, they would fight for the ball. Yeah, <laughs> that job gets even more attractive, but yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll see, but yeah, I mean, that's it's it. The silly season is going to be upon us before you know it. And there's already a lot of speculation. It's going to be very interesting to see what these teams do, uh, to shore up for next season. Um, and I think that this had, you know, this is part of why FIGC moved on the 10 point penalty sooner, sooner because these teams are going to know where they're going next year as far as Champions League or Europa League or, or, or conference. And, you know, they want to be able to be ready to start setting up their squads to deal with the multitude of competitions. So um, holding out and all of a sudden, you know, making a decision, say, on June 15th, two weeks prior to when everything has to be submitted to UEFA. Now these teams are suddenly scrambling as far as what's our transfer strategy going to be. We're going to need to have, you know, we're going to get more, more funds available and, and build a deeper squad. So and this I, will be I the first year. Truth this will be the, it'll be the first year that Inter are not going to be sellers because due to their qualification to the finals, the Champions League, they have enough money where they don't have to sell players, according to Zhang. So uh, yeah. that's good for them, right? Eduardo is mm-hmm. on the chat, right? That's got to be good. That you don't lose Lukaku or whoever else. They can actually probably buy Lukaku now uh, from yep. from from Chelsea, which I think they should. I think they should. I just don't think yeah. they work for Chelsea, and Chelsea have no use for him. Yeah, they they'll need to address defender with Skriniar being out of there. Um, and I think that yeah. you know we 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 hit on this last week. Is midfield could use some depth. Um, yeah. You know, I think as the season wore on, Mkhitaryan, Chalinolu, and Benella were running to the ground. So Esposito, he's the guy you could uh, pick up, right? I'm trying to see how he fits in that setup. I mean, he'd be a he'd be a backup to Chalinola, really. Um, yeah, at least at a start for sure. Yeah. So most probably Brozovic, yeah. selling one, getting one. Most probably selling. Boy, if you're selling Brozovic, wow. Um, I think he can still. I think he can still give you something. Yeah, it depends on what his wages are. You know. I mean, yeah. I think. I I think if I think Aslani probably worth more than. Then Brozovic, not on the pitch, but I'm talking about you know what you can get for him. Um, so get rid of Aslani and bring in a center back if that's what your needs are or whatever. But I think Brozovic has some purpose. He is a big game player. He's a Milan killer. You know, you bring him on for the end of games just to close it out because he can do that. Well, um, they'll give up on Gagliardini before they give up on Brozovic and Aslani. Uh, yeah, give rid- or they should. They him. should at least. Korea, so. Korea, they need to give rid of that dead weight. Yep. So. So we'll see. It's going to be uh, it's going to be very interesting. Forza City in the final. We'll talk about the champ. We'll preview the Champions League and the Conference League finals next week. But uh, we have a matter of the Europa League final uh, 
being played tomorrow in Budapest with Roma taking on uh, the team who has Europa League in their DNA, Sevilla. Um, yeah. I mean, the odds can't be any tighter right now. Um, Sevilla's plus 180, Roma plus 190, and then plus 190 to go to penalties. That's just, that's as tight as it gets. Yeah. So, uh, over two and a half at plus 175. I wholeheartedly agree with that. I don't think there's a lot of goals here. As a final, this is a rock fight. Um, I'm going to just give some introductory comments here. There won't be more than one goal in this oh, final. Okay. If if there is one. Um, and uh, I'm going to stick to my guns on that, on that comment. Uh, so I will turn you loose and give your take on what you see with this final coming up. Yeah, this is, this is a fantastic tie in terms of the storyline, right? Mourinho going for back-to-back European titles, um, taking a team like Roma, you know, to European glory, successive seasons, Sevilla, just, uh, I call him the dark prince of Europe, uh, with the uh, Europa League successions that they've had over the years. Um, it's going to be a rock fight, I think. I agree. I, I, I see more than a goal. I think I think a 2-1 scoreline here, and I wouldn't be surprised hmm. if it went um, with the extra time. But it's just an interesting fight because you know Allegri, Allegri. Mourinho is not going to want the ball. He wants to play in the counterattack. Um, Roma have stepped their game up when it comes to European play, and it's just typical of what you see with Mourinho. Um, he gets the best out of his team. His team trusts him, uh, it appears. And what you see is an inspired team, and they they want to they want to win from Reno, they want to win for themselves, want to win for the city, um, and they're an inspired team. But you got Sevilla who has this aura about them, and yeah, granted, Real Madrid had the aura, right? And City dis- dismantled them. Um, but how they, I think, how they set up is it's going to be a rock fight, like you said, it's going to be tight. Um, Sevilla have played a more direct type of style play. Uh, they're going to look for Lucas Acampos if he starts. I, I imagine he will. Um, and try to get the balls into the box of the big man. But it's going to be, I think, this plays to Mourinho and, and Roma's strength, I think. And I have Roma winning. I have Roma winning 2-1. to one. Um, It's not going to be easy. And you got to earn it, obviously, to beat Sevilla. But imagine, you know, Roma do win. They're in the Champions League. That's five teams for, for Italy. Uh, just on that, that alone, uh, you know, you got to cheer for Roma because – you know, five teams in Champions League this year. Mourinho in in a Champions League with a team that won back to back titles. They got to be a dark horse, not to win it, but to cause some chaos in in Champions League next year. And for that alone, I'm, I would pick Roma. But I think Roma, tactic wise, they're gonna they're gonna it's it's gonna be super tight in this one. Um, Sevilla are gonna be no slouches. They're gonna give them hell. I do think they'll score a goal, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they scored early. Just you know. Just I feel like Roma tend to give up these early goals in these kind of situations, but um, ultimately I think Roma have shown a, a true spine at least in European play over the last two seasons that they have not had in ages. And yeah, they have had some deep runs over the years, right? Uh, but Mourinho's brought them something special, brought that winning mentality that they did never had. Um, and so yeah, I think um, they find a way, they get inspired. I mean, just watch what they did the last two rounds. I think Roma they 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 are victorious tomorrow and. I'll be, I'll be cheering for them. Um, so And Jose is undefeated in the final, so there you go. Jose has never lost a final. 
The other Jose, Jose Luis Mendilibar, Mendilibar. Yes. Or is it Mendilibar or something? Mendilibar. Okay, so he took over from Sampaoli at the end of March and straightened out the Sevilla team. I mean, the first priority, they were struggling. Like, they were, like, even worried about relegation at one point. Um, But they've turned that around and they produced some results. Beat Villarreal. uh, Go on the road and beat Bilbao. if you're not familiar with Spanish football, uh, Bilbao away is a really tough fixture. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so obviously beat Juventus over two legs. Um, you know, uh, the derby against Batiste was a nil-nil draw. Um, they, they lose on 10 men at home to Real Madrid 2-1 most recently. So... So here's a few things that you're going to learn. Here's here's a few things that I learned about looking at the results and looking at the Sevilla team. They're going to scrap for this guy. Okay, uh, they're not going to be afraid to get into get into it. They're not going to be afraid to mix it up. They're not going to be afraid to get into the dirty the occasional dirty tackle. Okay, um, they're going to be able to play Roma from a physicality standpoint. Um, they play with a you know, Edna Siri obviously is capable uh, of of getting on the end and scoring goals for them. The uh, the Moroccan forward, uh, and then they've got playmakers uh, sitting behind them. Uh, depending on where you look, um, and I was trying to dive through this to see if there was a a paper from one of the previews su- suggesting who might be in the might be in the starting lineup, but I can tell you that. Um, okay, here possible starting lineup. So let's let's go through that. Sevilla, uh, Bono and goal, Jesus Navas on the right, Bade and Goodell in the middle, Alex Tellez on the left, uh, Fernando and Rakitic in a double pivot, and then it is a three man three man scheme scheming attacking midfield. Ocampos, who we're familiar with in at Milan, um, Oliver Torres and Brian Hill, and then Enesri up front, um, or and en- Naziri. Uh, Roma, uh, familiar formation. Uh, Rui Patricio in goal. Mancini, Smalling, Ibanez across the back. Zeki Chalik on the right. Spinazzola on the left. Cristante and Matic in the middle. Uh, Dybala, Pellegrini, and Abraham. Um, so it's believed that Dybala is going to be available for this game. Um, so time will tell if he actually makes the starting 11. But <clears throat> that was on UEFA.com. Sofa score also... Um, project projects Dybala to start. Sofa uh, Sofa score, in fact, has the exact same projected lineups that UEFA.com has. So, um, I think that uh, uh, Dybala will be available. So, wh- wh- where's where's Roma going to get this done? Roma got to win on the flanks, okay. And, and I think that that's where they have the advantage. Um, I I would take Zeki Chalik and Leonardo Spinazzola. Over Jesus Navas and Alex Tellez in Jesus Navas and Alex Tellez's stages of their careers right now. If they if, if if it was these guys from five years ago, I would say that is a dead heat between them. Um, but I think there's an edge there for Roma. Um, I think they win one nil. I think the goal comes in a counterattacking situation where, in particular, Spinazzola finds a way forward. Uh, and gets a dangerous ball into the defense. And Bade and Goodell for the split second lose Abraham, um, and Abraham scores the goal. Um, 
They defend for their lives. Sevilla puts a lot of pressure. That three-man attacking midfield with Rakitic behind is going to create a lot of things and cause a lot of problems. Um, But I think that Mourinho puts it together, shuts up shop, and a second European trophy for Roma under Jose Mourinho is what's going to happen tomorrow. Roma win 1-0. You're on mute. <laughs> rookie, rookie, right? Rookie. I was going to say, what I was trying to say is that I think that's a that's a great way on how the game will look, a nice play-by-play. I think that's very um, likely to happen. I think, yeah, I agree with Apex that uh, you know Mourinho is probably playing mind games with Dybala to let Sevilla know, is he playing, is he not? Uh, I think Gianluca Mancini kind of spoiled everybody there, or at least spoiled Mourinho's surprise in saying, you know, Dybala and Spinazzola, they're fine. You know, we're, they're, they're walking fine. They're great. So um, I expect both of them to start. Um, Dybala is going to be huge in this game. I think Pellegrini is going to be huge in this game. He's going to have to be. Um, I, I got Pellegrini scoring the game winner uh, in this one, but uh, I think you're, 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 you're dead right on how this is going to be played. And, you know, the wing play, Tammy Abraham's ability to run off the, off the last defender is going to be huge. And, you know, we, we forget, too, that how mobile Tammy Abraham is. And yeah, he can get behind the defenders, but you know, look for him to get the ball wide and try to cut in and try to find a Dabala back door or one of these guys back door. Um Abraham is uh very versatile as a as an attacker. Uh they're gonna need their their stars to play. You're gonna have to, to win a to win a, a European chi- championship, you're gonna have to have your best players show up. Um and it's not always the 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 heroes that come in and score the goal, it's sometimes the unsung heroes, right? But uh, yeah, no, I think Dybala will have to be huge. A healthy Dybala is trouble for Sevilla. Uh, a seventy-five percent Dybala or fifty percent Dybala is probably trouble for Sevilla. So, no, I, I like I like Roman. This I think most most of the chat are feeling this way as well. Um, and Mourinho is going to have them set up tactically almost perfect, if not perfect. It just he always has been, and yeah. he has showed nothing but that over the last two seasons. When it's counted in Europe, Roma has been ready. Mm-hmm. And they found and they had the spine to fight against adversity. So let's see a fifth fifth Champions League team uh, for next season. Yep, that and that's what exactly what it's going to be. And that's what I also say the goal is going to come wide because I think Fernando is going to be tasked with put getting himself in positions to cut supply through the midfield into into Abraham. Um, so his role there. Stymies Pellegrini, maybe Dybala to an effect, which means Roma's going to probably have a, if they get their goal, they're going to go around Sevilla. They're not going to go through them. And I think that the way this sets up, Roma are in a really good position to go around them. Spinazzola's had some really nice games in the Europa League this season too, which kind of adds to my belief here. Would you agree that Sevilla's main main uh, mode of attack would probably be down the middle, um, a more direct style than Roma, I guess I would say? Um you know, you don't see Navas. Navas could just have, you know, in his prime, he'd have 10 crosses before he even got off the bus. Yeah. Um, you don't see a whole lot of that out of him anymore. But, you know, you wonder where his legs are, where he's at this stage in the season, as old as he is. Um, you know, and I still think they're going to look to do things like that. I think Ocampos is going to create some problems. He draws a lot of fouls. He goes at people. Um, you know, he's pretty aggressive with the ball. Um, and he does him against Mancini. Maybe that could be an interesting battle. Well, he'll be over in Ibanez's area. So 
I think it'll be Gil that'll be over in Mancini's area, which suits Mancini, in my opinion. It's better for um, Mancini. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oliver Torres could get he, – he's a guy that, to me, could get frozen out of this game the way the tactics set up. I mean, he's going to just run into spaces that if he's not running where Cristante is, he's going to be running where Matic is. So it'll be interesting how that – it'll be interesting how that plays out. So um, – I think that there's a little bit of an edge here for Sevilla with Ocampos. Um, and I think that the edge for Roma is with the play of their wingbacks. I think if they can get at the get at and get behind the fullbacks and get service to Abraham, Roma are in a really good position to win this game. Because I think in both teams' cases, going through the lines is going to be difficult the way these teams are going to set up. Can I tell you my one gripe about this game? What is it? What? I'm going to... Why the fuck is it before the Conference League final? Yeah, I don't get that either. That makes no sense at all. You know, if you look at the hierarchy of the, of the three tournaments, it should be Conference League final, Europa League final, Champions League final. And you got Europa League. No, no, granted, I, I, tomorrow is a free day for me. I can watch it. But mm-hmm. it should be Conference League first, and then it should be Europa League. Maybe it's a, a conflict of schedule. It had to be that way, whatever. But it just makes no sense mm-hmm. to me, right? You know, it doesn't make sense to me. It's like playing the... Uh, wild card game before you play the, the Super Bowl or something. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's it's usually. I mean, back in the old days, how the bowl schedule in the BCS, the way the bowl schedule. Oh yeah, yeah, you'd yeah, have like yeah. you'd have like the, the you know the rose and the orange, and the, so the, the Fiesta Bowl hosted the national championship, and that was like six days later, and you had the orange and rose and fiesta you know, orange rolls and sugar yeah, all on, that you, know, now, you know yeah. that's on new year's and then in between there they throw in the the whatever the bowl game with the godaddy.com bowl in mobile <laughs> alabama between the little sisters of the poor and what's the matter you yeah uh, and then the national championship i'm not trying to disrespect fiorentina um but no the, no yeah, no not at all like that no yeah for sure no that's so all. yeah so be a great final yeah, so it'll be great. I, I like I said, I think Roma win it narrowly. I go one nil to them, and uh, uh, they will uh, get a second European trophy on under under Mourinho, and then really just validation um, of what Mourinho has done in terms of strengthening Roma and, and having to be somebody you got to take seriously on the continental stage. Yeah. So, yeah. you imagine if Inter win the Champions League, Inter Roma. And Napoli, all seated wow. for the for the Champions League draw next year. Wow! So Milan would be in what pot three or something? Yeah. So there would be they would draw you know like one of uh, one of five possible champions. So I think it would wow. be England, England, Spain, Germany, France. So they probably see a pretty difficult draw, and I would imagine Portugal would be the fifth one. So Benfica. So yeah. um, wow! Without yeah. looking at it. That's that's interesting. Yeah. So if Roma wins, and if Inter should win, then that that sets that possible scenario up where yeah. uh, Milan will get Milan will end up having to play one. You know, was it City, Barcelona, Bayern, PSG, or Benfica in their group? So, mm. so we'll see. Um, so that's our Europa League final prediction. Let's go to uh, the Italy call ups for. Um, the uh, uh, Nations League semifinals, they play Spain. When do they play Spain? Uh, I don't have the top of my head. Right? Yeah, I don't either. I know it's it's after the season's over with, guys. That's all you need to know. But we'll 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 talk about it. So 
Uh, goalkeepers, uh, Gigi Donnarumma, Alex Merritt, uh, and then Vicario, uh, no Provadel. Okay. Um, Italy is Italy is lucky to have such fantastic goalkeepers. You got Vicario, yeah. Falcone, Montipo. I mean, so many good guys, Provadel, so many guys that could be on the team. You can only pick a three. It's like, who do you pick? Just rotate them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. So we'll see. I mean, you can't complain about the three that they picked. Okay. No. Uh, defenders, uh, Basquerotto, Bonucci, Bonucci, really? Uh, Buongiorno, Di Lorenzo, Florenzi, Gatti, Spinazzola, and Toloi. So Mancini doesn't want to win this thing. <laughs> yeah. No Casali, no Romagnoli. Um, Casali, is Casali going down to U21s, though? He might be with Tonali. Yeah. That, that's probably the explanation for him. But why isn't Romagnoli in this team? Can anyone in chat help us out with this? This is unbelievable. Now, because this is like where I'm actually really looking at this. Now, the the midfielders, I the midfielders are fine, with the exception of Tonali not being in there. Uh, Cristante, Fratesi, Jorginho, Locatelli, Pellegrini, Pessina, Verratti, Zaniolo. I'd probably have Tonali over Locatelli in there. Mm. Yeah. Other, other otherwise, you know, but they want Tonali with the under twenty one, so that's fine. Um, no complaints about this group, is there? No, no. I mean, you can always have you know one or two players that you can say, "Hey, why, why couldn't they get the call?" But I think for for the most part, this is a fine lineup. Um, yeah, let's see what they got, and um, maybe see some of the younger guys, maybe led by a Pellegrini or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the attackers: Berardi, Chiesa, Gnonto, Immobile, Raspadori, Retegi, and Zaccagni. No issues for me. I think that's a pretty solid lineup, honestly. Yeah, um, I'm good with the two. You mentioned Retiki is going to get the start, um, but uh, maybe Timobile's swan song, too. They're talking about somebody else's swan song farewell tour from the national team, maybe Mobile's. How exciting is it, though, for Federico Basquerotto? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I think you're just happy for him. Yeah. So His Team says and says Syria, and he gets a call up. Why not? Yeah. It's awesome. All right. So they play Spain on June 15th. Uh, with this squad, I haven't seen Spain squad yet, but I don't know. It's it's going to take something impressive for them to to beat Spain and get to the final. Yeah, uh, just how I'm thinking about it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult. It always is when you play a Spain team, a uh, team that's going to try to boss possession. You're going to need to have quick wing play, uh, be able to play on the counterattack. Um, much better defenders, but. You know, it is what it is, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, no, you're going to have to play your best game, I think. Um, you're going to have to go back to some of that magic that won you Euros, you know, when you did beat a team like Spain or some of these other big teams too. Um, so they're going to have to pull something special. Can they? Can this, this group here do it? Yes, but they're going to have to nail their tactics. You, against Spain, you're going to have to nail your tactics because you're not going to see the ball that much. You're not. And how you line up defensively, how you – um, are able to stop their you know, their their killer move. I would say you know you know with the wing play trying to get that striker on the back end, whether it's Morata or whomever. Um, it's going to be difficult, and you got to be able to counter them right away because when they come in, they come in with numbers, right? They're they're possessing the ball, so you got to get quick turnover and quickly go down the field on the counterattack. Um, the the attackers that they have here can do it, yes, but can the midfielders do it? In this group, can the defenders hold that pressure? That's the question for me. I think more of the defenders are the biggest, the biggest unknown for me in the in this group because I think the attackers and the midfielders are certainly capable. The goalkeepers are all fine, um, but 
it's a defense. Can they can they bend but not break? Exactly. They stay focused. Bonucci's not who he was, you know, five, ten years ago, or even when they won the Euros. You know, it's it's Gatti's is in a little bit of good form at the moment. Spinazzola needs to get back his old his old form. Uh, Di Lorenzo, I, I'd rather him start over than Florenzi. Um, but uh, yeah, well, that's going to be the key for me. I think tactically, they're going to have to hit it spot on in this game. It has to be a near perfect game for them to have any chance to win. Oh, the only thing I. The only thing I can see with Bonucci, Spain will possess and then they'll try to play a high line against Italy. And then if you're playing Bonucci, you're playing him to just be in supporting roles defensively, not necessarily to man mark, but he's got the kind of passing range to beat the high line. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So. Um, and in the box, he's a threat. Yep. It's true. You know, there's there, there's that there's that element to it. But other than that, you know, and then some leadership. Uh, other than that, I don't see a whole lot of merit to a guy who hasn't played a lot. So, um, but uh, we'll see. Uh, Mancini may know something that we don't. Um, and a Serbi's not in this team, yeah. unless he just decided to give a Serbi a break because he's been playing all. Well, you know, he's going to be Champions in League. that Champions League final. Yeah, and you notice Barella's not in this team either. Correct. So, correct. Um, you know, so that's probably another reason for the thinking. It said, okay, let them have a break. Don't have them turn around and have to play a Nations League game. So, yeah. uh, so there's some, you know, that makes sense. So, yeah. so we'll see. I, I don't know if they beat Spain. I think this going to be a pretty quick Nations League semifinal experience. I'll, I'll say Spain win. Uh, I, I think this Italy team is still trying to shuffle the deck a little bit and try to figure it out. And, and, and an opponent like Spain is probably coming a little too early in that process. Yeah, I think that would have, a better opponent for them probably be Croatia. Netherlands is kind of um, the rebuild phase is near completion. It's it's they're almost there where they need to be uh, to be like super competitive in like the World Cup and, 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 and Euros and stuff like that. But oh, I'd uh, love to play Netherlands with Koeman as manager. Are you kidding me? Oh, is he? Oh, sorry, he is manager. I forgot about that. But Croatia, I still, I still take Croatia over over the Netherlands. Oh, I the man, you get aging team, that, man. I I get it, but they only need to be good for they they only need to have find fair. a way to have the energy for ninety minutes against you. That's the thing that scares me about Croatia. That's fair. They got some they got some killers on that team. So exactly. So I my my order of preference of teams that I wish Italy would have been able to play is 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 Netherlands most most desired then Croatia then Spain it just so happens we're going to play Spain first so <laughs> so anyway. downhill from here then so yep that's for sure all right well we as we pro- we promised we put it off for a week so let's get on with it Richard it is time for the America America the world's most popular <laughs> hashtag game who won Calcio Twitter lead us off all righty then. Uh... Going back to uh, Paris, Nitsch uh, leads us off here as uh, Jose Mourinho got the Italian Spurs back-to-back European finals. But we got to hear Guardiola again call the best manager in the world for reaching one final after assembling the Avengers with a military budget in eight years. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Right. Agreed. All right. We've got uh, at Chiesa di Totti, past guest, uh, as, an, as an entry here. Uh, between now and the final in Budapest, Roman needs to keep Dybala under lock and key. Ensconce him in bubble wrap. Cook him nothing but organic, anti-inflammatory meals. Tell him he's better than Messi. Read him whatever bad time story he wants. Just keep him healthy and happy. 100%. Truth. That is the truth. That is the truth. All right. Apex nominated Napolinissimo, and it's uh, predicted Champions League in Europe. League. I just lose. 
Juventus lose. <laughs> Juventus lose. <laughs> Juventus lose. Wow. Juventus lose. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. He is a master at his craft, isn't he? Yes, he, he is. Oh. All right, Saturnion on May 20th. Sampdoria players whenever uh, Leal runs past them. Oh, <laughs> but you know... Let's go ahead and punch him. <laughs> Oof! <laughs> yikes, yikes. All right, moving on to Nemaser, former winner. Love-hate relationships with this club. It's the... Uh, Little phase where it's oh boy, I'm excited to watch my favorite team. Then it's I'm gonna kill myself. And then hey, nice we won. <laughs> yeah. That is Milan. That being a Milan Been fan. a lot of Milan games this year. Okay, Saturn you on back. Juventus finding out Brian Diaz got back to form just before facing them. Uh that's funny. Oh. It was Giroud. It was Giroud and being a killer, but uh, and Calabria. Yep. All right. Hey, hey. All right. So this is uh Dom. And uh, it's uh, Juventus fans celebrating the Cristiano hey, Guntali, hey, hey, but then realizing hey, Max Allegri is staying 12 points hey, and he's going back hey, Monday. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Siavush Falahi got nominated here by Apex Crafter. Um, uh, let's see. So we've got uh, first it was uh, Gencia Ansa, and I'll translate that. Uh, fights at Flights at Catania Airport suspended due to the eruption of Etna. Ash in the airport. Uh, there are no safety conditions, uh, to which uh, Falahi retweeted Manchester City, GOAT manager Pep, incredible team, Abu Dhabi money, Norwegian alien taking ice baths, scoring 400 goals a season. Enter weird-ass egg video, Asado and good vibes, volcanoes erupting in Europe. Okay. <laughs> all right. Oh, all right, moving on. Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> all right. First half thoughts. Uh, who cares? Boring. Uh, Union sucks cock. Keep this up in the second half, and it's the W in my books. <laughs> Tell him how you really <laughs> feel, at, Antonio. Look at, look, at, look at Thomas. It says, uh, nah, I'm in tears. Lukaku's reputation has completely changed. <laughs> oh, they're both on, good. I gotta look. Is that in the comments? Yeah, it's in the comments. Oh, yeah. that's great. That's great. It's leader of clubhouse for me. <laughs> yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's, that's good. good. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, don't hide how you feel. All yeah. right. Moving on. Uh, at Maximus 0113. Uh, uh, let's see here. So this is uh, uh, at FCUK, every name saying fuck law. And then uh, there's a picture of Juventus with a uh, quote bubble. Yeah. So it's like them saying a fuck law. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Creative, creative. All right. Uh, oh, Allegri thinks Czech speaks Italian. Ora alla italiana fluente mento. Fonculo. 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 Sounds like Chesney. Sounds like Chesney. Yep. <laughs> nice. nice. All right. Syria doing everything they can to stop Juve. Uh, where are we at? Where are you at? Did you just... Where are you looking at? Okay. Which one are you watching? I'm watching the one where it's like where where your uh, angle uh, suplexes the rock and then edge pins him. I don't mm-hmm. see that one. Oh, yeah. I don't know where you're at. 
Where am I at? I'm on. I don't know. You were on the How Allegri Thinks uh, text piece Italian. I'm on. Yeah. Okay. This is at King Idris 11111. Syria doing everything they can to stop Juve. I don't even see that. You don't? No. I don't see that. The only, next yeah. one I got is uh, from Michael Lisi, where he nominated me. Hang on here. Let me look. Yep. Okay. Yep. Let's. At replying to uh, Lisi, replying to Nima, replying to say, yeah, sit down. And this was a, uh, let's see. Um, all right. So Juventus is given 10 point deduction, that bit acquitted. So they exchanged the deduction for acquittals. Um, I guess that circle ain't going to jerk itself. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank okay. you, Lisi. I cannot win. So uh, Napolinismo says, uh, Juve losing 3 nothing against Empoli because Chesney doesn't speak Italian well. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> nice. Oh nice. my goodness. Okay, moving on. I'm on at Napoli Sansoni. Yes, yes. ADL and Gasparini working together. <laughs> yeah, Gasparini is another rumor. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, secondly, this is um, Instagram, but uh, General Club New York. They got together in Times Square and uh, celebrated Genoa's or Sampdoria. They celebrated Sampdoria's relegation. Oh, that's harsh. It is. <laughs> they got a good group there, there too. So at Jesse S seven eighteen, Liam Anderson to Vlaovic. Oh, eighty million. Oh, <laughs> gotta love the shit talking. All right, moving on. Uh, Napolinismo again. It's uh, Allegri zero titles with Vlahovic, Bremer, Kostic, Locatelli, Pogba, and Di Maria. And it's poor and has all his expensive gear on. And then uh, Pirlo getting two with McKennie's star signing. Rich, stolen jacket, stolen pants, stolen shoes. Nice. <laughs> uh, all all right. right. Now moving on, uh, Max Lombardia. At Lombardia, Max has made a nominee here. It is... Uh... <laughs> I guess there's a thread here. Uh, Fabrizio Romano talking about the decision on Kamada. Right. And UFC Joe, he's going to a bigger, he's going to the bigger Milan club, right, Fab? Uh, and then um, Alberto chimes in Milan, seven-time champions, Inter three-time champions. And then NUFC Joe goes, AC Milan is Piccolo. And then daily AC Milan goes, your dick is Piccolo. So. <laughs> we will not translate that. You should just know what that is. <laughs> All right, Rajat nominated out of context football. And so the circle goes like this. Milan loses against Inter, but wins against Napoli. Inter wins against Milan, but loses against Napoli. Napoli wins against Inter, but loses against Milan. Juventus gets sanctioned for corruption. And the circle <laughs> continues. <laughs> World keeps spinning. That's right. Wait, Napoleonismo just... Uh, this must be all he does. Bonucci seeing Milan officially qualify for the Champions League. Neymar turned up to his ex-girlfriend's wedding. Because he promised he'd be there on her, the happiest day of her life. Oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, CM underscore LFC. One mystery shopper from the UAE was left dumbfounded after purchasing a mug mistakenly labeled as $499 million, or, yeah, million, rather than $4.99. However, despite the store's offer to rectify the mistake, the man has generously decided to make the honor and make the purchase. What am I? What? No, it's a jersey. It's a Man City. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, let's see. We, we're, we're moving on here. Okay. We are. Emissary. Inter have all the odds in their favorite. Not going to lie. They're winning it, I'm afraid. Manchester City, tactical, pressing, ball possession, counterattacks. Inter. Egg. Lataro got married. Lakaka Laka bagged. Megan the Stallion. Inzaghi has beaten three bald managers. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I think that's the winner. Do you? Do you? Yeah. Uh, uh, either that or uh, our friend down there who didn't like Gagliardini. But I think this one, this one's got it. The Gagliardini one is pretty good. <laughs> Let's go down to that uh, one again. I got to read that one more time. Who cares? Boring. Gagliardini sucks cock. Keep this up in the second half and it's a W in my books. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and then going back to the first one, or the last one, I should say, and it was... Um, Oh yeah, <laughs> egg. I thought I got married. Like caca bag, Megan the Stallion is. I guess beating three pole managers. It's close. It's close. Let's see here. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't think we've had. I don't think Amisel has won. Has he? I don't think he has. I think we're gonna be nice here and just we'll give it to him. Yeah, we made top four, so why not? Let's be nice. Okay. There it is. All right. I'll uh, put this in and uh, you can say some words to the people. Well, first of all, I'm going to give a shout out to Matt Santangelo uh, for taking my place last week. I was under the weather and he stepped in uh, last minute. So thank you, Matt, for that. Uh, definitely give Matt a follow. Give my, Martina Puccio a follow as well. Um, great podcast that they got on there talking about Milan amongst other things. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's season's wrapping up here. A lot of things still yet to be decided. Not so much the top four, but Relegation, certainly, that's going to be an interesting fight. Obviously, we have the Europa League final tomorrow. Huge game for Roma. Uh, possibly possibility of having five Italian teams in the Champions League next season. Um, you know, the offseason is going to be crazy. You already know it is with Spalletti leaving uh, Napoli. And then uh, two finals remaining to go. Fiorentina trying to get a win against West Ham. And then, obviously, uh, the big one, Inter against Man City uh, in the Champions League finals. So, a lot to play for here still. A lot of players gonna to need to be bubble wrapped and uh, fed organic meat or whatever it is that they said about Dybala. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a lot of good games here. Season wrapped up. It's been a long season, but it's been a good season. Um, very, uh, very level. The top teams have been all very close outside of outside of Napoli, of course. Yep, I agree. I agree. Oh man, it's uh, again. You know, I want to thank Matt, and I want to thank all the guests that have been on throughout the season. Guys that you know, whenever you know. Guys that we've scheduled, guys that have had to step in in an emergency, they've all come through. I want to thank the chat. It's been an excellent season. we got one more to go. Review Della Madonina next Tuesday night, June 6th. Uh, we put our official bow on the 2022-2023 season. We will have our team of the season. We'll have our crap on a cracker 11. I might do a You Better Know 11 just for everybody to to be ready for the players that they need to be keeping an eye on. We're going to see if we can do that. Yes, marathon episode indeed. Uh, we did run a little long tonight. Uh, thank you for stay, Thank you for hanging in there with us, gentlemen. Three hours is three hours is our record. Uh, so let's see if we can beat that. Next yeah, week. three hours was <laughs> on our two hundredth episode exactly. So I don't know if we're ever going to go that far again. No. So um, so we'll go through all of that. Pick our goalkeeper of the season. Uh, pick our goal of the season. Uh, and, and, you know, and everything in between. So, um, 
So that's uh, that's what we will do with next week's show to sign off for the 2022-2023 season. So thank you all as we put a bow on this edition of Serie A Sit Down, where you can find us on our own channel on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitch or Spotify, iHeartRadio. You're probably listening to us right now on one of those spaces. Really, wherever there are podcasts, there is Serie A Sit Down. Uh, if you are listening to us on the podcast and you do want to catch us live, it's typically Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, unless we say on our Twitter handle, at City I Sit Down if we're going at a different time or a different day. So you are going to want to follow us at City I Sit Down on Twitter uh, to kind of stay on top of the latest and greatest. Uh, if you are watching us here on the YouTube channel, thank you very much. Uh, please subscribe. Helps us out. Drop a like. Helps us even more. And then hit that notification bell because it helps you for when we go live. Um, so... Uh, we also have uh, a Instagram page at Serie Sit Down. Check us out there. Check us out on our website, www.serieasitdown.com. Um, and uh, I think I've covered all the uh, social media aspects and yeah. accessibility. Good. All right. One more to go to wrap up Season 7, Richard. One more. And then uh, number eight. Yep. And then, the, and then the wives will be relieved for, what, two and a half months? so all right well everybody thank you all everybody in the chat excellent stuff we will uh talk to you all next tuesday night to wrap this season up for richard i'm frank as always tell you paisans about us ciao